Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us. Let's Welcome. do let's yeah, let's let's do a few introductions. In case we have a some new listeners. Mm. I'm Sam Gutierrez. I do spiritual formation at Granite Springs Church. I'm Aaron Antone. I do uh, music director at Granite Springs. I'm Matt Timms. I do worship coordinating kind of at Granite Springs Church. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Lauren Hunter. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, we'll do some introduction stuff later. Sounds good. You did say we'd do several introductions. So that was one. Can we go around again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go around. I'll do mine time. over. This time it's Sam Jason Gutierrez. Oh, yeah, third. yeah, yeah. We talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, the third. I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. It sounds really cool. Now more people do. It's been Yeah, put out actually, into the world. I feel like it's, uh, it feels cumbersome to me. It's a lot to say. It's like, it sounds, um, I don't know. There's some trappings. Yeah, it sounds pretentious. It sounds the third. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so perfect for you because you're not a super pretentious guy. I mean, a little bit pretentious. (laughs) I was about to say, you could have just said not pretentious, but you kind of put a key qualifier there. Thanks, Aaron. Not super pretentious. Yeah. Way to not be super pretentious. But people always are impressed by it. That's the thing. It like blows people's minds. Sure. Like I watch their faces when I tell them. Like you're a king from a. Well, yeah. I should start wearing a sash. <laughs> like you come from. It's almost like you come from somewhere though. They're like there's a lineage that's yeah. implied like because to do this you have to do it for three generations in a row, right? That's pretty big. That's deal. that's commitment. That's yeah. commitment to one name. Yeah. So I know it's a big deal. So that means there's two Samuel Jasons. Previous no. to you, is that? Did I get well, that the right? third? Is kind no, of the third just one was a Samuel. cat. Okay, one was a dog. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, it was my grandpa and then my dad, okay. and then, but not Jasons, right? Different, not middle Jasons, names. different middle names. Yeah. So just the first name remains the same. Yeah, just the first, well, first and last name. Okay, first and last name. Eric, this is a good thing for us to talk about every podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about anyone else have any other interesting? Yeah, Matt Tim's the second. Name? The third, the fourth. The my middle fifth. name is David, which is my dad's first name, and his middle name is John, which is his dad's first name. Right. So we've got that, which is a little bit of lineage, but no, no thirds, fourths. Oh yeah, we do that same thing actually. Yeah, yeah. My middle name is my dad's name. Yeah, a lot my of my son's name is mine. Middle name too. is my name. Yeah, do a you lot really? People do that. Yeah, our. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. My, wow. my sister <laughs> doesn't have a middle name because my parents thought her her name was long enough. It was Jennifer <laughs> Gutierrez, and they're like, "That's long enough." <laughs> she has no middle name. Knock it off. Yeah, have you used it? enough. Enough. No middle name. No middle name. Is that strange? It's like an early Twitter instinct. You know, like okay, we've only got so many characters. Like yeah, we yeah, use them off. Like Jennifer Gutierrez. That's long enough. That'll be easy though. Like, well, I don't know if she's married or if she will get married. But, but then it went down to Hayes, so from Jennifer Gutierrez. Because I just, took my maiden name as my middle name. Like, I bumped out Michelle, Lauren Michelle, Henderson Hunter. So I just bumped out Michelle, put Adios, Lauren Michelle. Henderson Hunter. Yeah, but some people drop their maiden name totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting right here. I'm observing uh, Aaron's hair right now. It looks really good today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you got a haircut. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, looks good. It's kind of growing out. Yeah. A little bit. It's kind of that perfect... Perfect phase. Matt, you need a haircut. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for pointing it out. Sam. You know, I had a friend who, um, you know, when he was going to get married, he knew exactly how to plan out his hair. Like, he knew exactly, like, almost within two or three days when his hair looked perfect. So, that's oh, what I, so then what yeah. he did was, like, he, you know, took his wedding date and then, and then figured out <laughs> the day yeah. he needed to yeah, get his haircut. 
so that it looked perfect. I mean, what else? What else would you do though? Well, I just have never really paid attention, and it shows. I I have found though that as soon as you like, no matter how good your haircut is, as soon as you walk out, there's always a little bit of like, I don't like it. But then, like a couple days later, it looks a little bit better. I don't know if that's the same thing for women, but no, it it is. It is true. Yeah, but see, I am the only one in our family who gets to go get their haircut. I am the hair stylist. Oh, oh, you are. Everyone else, yes. That's one more thing for your resume. I I too have thought about, you know, like you don't cut the kids' hair the day before school starts or the day before pictures. You cut it a week before the boys. Yeah. You cut, um, for everyone listening, I have four kids, so there are two boys and two girls. So, a lot of hair to cut. And the dog. I also cut the dog. (laughs) Oh, wow. Paw fur and nails, yes. So, I earn myself. Sunday, I think I cut everyone's well, not the girls, but um, yeah, I, I earned roughly like eighty dollars in haircut money Whoa, that I didn't spend. Them. Yeah, yeah. You know, after I do. Day, I spend it on my away. hair. <laughs> yeah, I go. picture the day after you do all this haircutting, you just open all the windows, get a leaf blower, and just be like. <laughs> <laughs> What's hilarious is the dog will actually come over and like lick up the hair off the floor. Oh, uh, dogs I'm are cutting. so dogs gross. Are <laughs> they really are. They're like, okay, something must taste good. She runs to be that close to us. All right, we're going to do a little segment called What's Your Beef? Where we complain. <laughs> yeah, frankly, that is what about it is. Thing. We kind of give ourselves permission to complain, but in a self-aware know. way. <laughs> I try to lead a kind of a complain-free life. I feel like this is the one place where I do it. Yeah. So I don't know if it just builds up and I just can't wait to... <laughs> tell everybody what yeah, I'm yeah. complaining well, about. Well, they build up and then they explode in, in the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Right. And the rage. We really have nothing to complain okay, about. Okay. Who's, who's going to be about fast food? Go. Should I go? Always. Again? Okay. Fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I can't remember if I talked about this <laughs> I like chicken and turkey with cheddar. I like a tofu burger, but bacon is better. So what's your beef? I go to Taco Bell sometimes. It's one of my vices. He won't tell us how much. Do you remember? Like okay. how often? Did I, tell, did I talk about this You've already? talked about Taco Bell. We asked oh, you and you would not answer how frequently Well, I you went go. to Taco Bell and I don't really like their hot sauce. So what oh. I do is I order, sometimes I just get a simple bean and cheese burrito because it's very cheap. It's like one fifty nine, <laughs> So I can get two bean and cheese burritos for like three bucks. Which is pretty good. Curious Church Podcast isn't paying you yet. So. <laughs> no, by the way, if our listeners would like to somehow send me cash in an envelope. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Envelope. Stop. You're bringing back memories of high school for me, I have to tell you, because oh, we used Bell? to pile like a hundred of us all in somebody's car and race off to Taco Bell to get bean and cheese burritos because they were like 69 cents. Yeah, back, back then, then. They were so the cheap. 90s. That's the ultimate cheap lunch yeah. place. And the crunchy taco is only like one twenty nine. So if you really want a deal, go for the crunchy taco. But anyways, I order usually bean and cheese burrito, no onion, because they don't cook their onions. They're like crunchy. So oh. it's like soft bean and cheese and then these and crunchy then crunch onions. Of an onion, and it grosses yeah. me out. So I do no onion, no hot sauce because I don't like their hot sauce. Okay. So, and you okay. know, they put it on the screen. Does everything look correct? Yeah, yeah. No onion, no hot sauce. Well, then I get to the window and they always ask me, do you want hot sauce? I just said, I do not want hot sauce on your burrito. But they're asking they're about giving packets. Right? Giving I know. Well, they're asking about the packets. Yeah. But I just told them. I don't want the hot sauce. 
But maybe you're maybe the kind of person who wants to put it on <laughs> your burrito. But what's the difference? Of on the burrito, in the burrito? It's like, I don't want wow. the hot sauce. Taco Bell employees, so, like, you hold them to a high standard. <laughs> I will say. It's not I get this, Chick-fil-A. I get this okay. feeling that they're not really taking my order. Ser- like, they're not really paying attention. To, to your- me as a customer, you know, to what I'm ordering. <laughs> taking it seriously, but not literally. Is what you're, like you're saying. Well, yeah. So I, I guess I'm just one of the thousands of people that comes through the drive-through. You know, I always thought I was special that they're actually Never. paying attention to my order. Have I you thought that it, we sh- we have to fix this beef? We always have. Well, to don't fix, fix beef. my. Beef. Have you thought that it might be the opposite that they're just messing with you? So they do know you. They're like, oh, this is the guy that doesn't like onions or hot sauce. He comes here three times a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is his have, lunch. This is his lunch pickup. Okay, times. ask him if he wants hot sauce. Just ask him. Ask him. Do it, Eric. Well, That's I'll know. I'll imagining. know what they're doing if they say, "Would you like hot sauce and would you like onions on the side?" <laughs> Okay, next beef. You got one? I got one. Okay. All right. My beef is with... Oh, you wrote this you down. notes I wrote beef. Yeah, I'm <laughs> is this going to be an essay? I'm trying to remember them appropriately. Um, and there's a hat tip here to Chris Ivins and Jason Call, who I was talking about these issues um, on Sunday. And they partly reminded me of the fact that I also have this issue. Things which you can't control the volume on. Okay. <laughs> So I've got I've got a couple of critical examples in my yes. life. Okay, okay, I would like to hear these. Like the first example in my in my life is our bread maker, our bread machine. Okay, so uh, we actually don't buy any bread anymore. We make our bread in this bread machine, which is great. I, that's not true. Rachel makes our bread in the bread machine, which I'm very grateful. That's not for. true either. The bread machine makes the bread in the bread <laughs> the machine. Bread, Rachel puts the ingredients in the bread machine that go. then makes the bread that I eat. Um, which is great, except twice in its cycle, it beeps at you, which that's fine. Okay, it's allowed to beep at you because it's to let you know either that you need to do something to the dough, to the dough or if you want to add ingredients, that's your time to add ingredients, and then it beeps at the end. The problem is we live in a two-bedroom apartment. These beeps are designed like if you're in the attic of a three-story <laughs> home, like trying to find your grandma's old photographs and you needed to know that the beep it's so loud which you know normally it would be like oh i can set my bread machine to come uh, be done so that when i get up i have fresh bread in the morning but because it beeps so loud it will wake us up in the middle of the night so that's not an option so that's one thing number two on the other wait, end of the spectrum wait wait how many beefs, beefs you got First no, no, of all, no, no, I always is, need, need to all... turn your mic down when Sorry. it's beef segment. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. I'm getting a little, little hot on the mic here. <laughs> Things which you can't control the volume on. That's my beef. So on one end, I had the bread can't machine. Can't control Matt's volume, that's on for the... sure. I was going to say other people. You cannot control <laughs> yeah. the volume. So yeah. So loud when they're on the phone. On the other hand. Yeah. Well, that that's like a whole different uh, next, thing. Next right? week. Okay. Next time. That's, that's yeah. On the other extreme is my washing machine, which makes no noise when it's done and my dryer makes no noise when it's done and i want noise from those so i've got way too loud in my bread machine i've got no noise when i want the noise things which i can't control the volume on that's my beef this week oh solid beef most washing machines have a beeping button yeah i think so you just have too. to tr- turn it on man <laughs> What do you mean? I'd love to fix your I've, beef right now. I've, 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 I've never, have you seen a washing machine that yes. says beep on, beep yes. off? Uh-huh. Mine, yes. Mine yes. has it. Alarm. Ours has that too. Signal, it's called. It's okay, an, I'm going to post LG. a photo of our controls on our Facebook page so everyone can see that is not an option for my washing <laughs> Matt, machine. I have a confession to make. Yeah. I have a bread machine 
that has a delay start uh -huh. and you press the delay button and the beeping doesn't happen. So you can have it go on and like finish at six o'clock in the morning. And so my kids often wake up to the hot bread machine Ooh. wafting. Yeah. You know, the real problem wafting. is here, he has cheap things. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is the problem. We're gonna send him to William Sonoma. Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you need to spurge a little bit splurge a little bit more. <laughs> on your appliances. Uh, and this won't uh, be a beef anymore. You want me to go next? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ring, ring. Oh, who's this? Oh, it's a piece of trash in my driveway. <laughs> oh, it's got a thousand pages and it's in a plastic bag. Why did you leave a phone book in my driveway in 2017? <laughs> you just gave me a chore to do. You gave me something to recycle. That is all. Wow. Was Ring Ring the doorbell or the phone? <laughs> I think it was, it was like a, a kind call. of a metaphor. I was like, who's calling you about the And phone? then he called them a piece of trash. Like, it, I thought he was talking about a person. Who no, nobody's a piece of trash. Oh, yeah. Like on his driveway. I didn't think, I didn't think that through very yeah, well. I was My, I was, next time I do a reenactment, I'll try to really nail the parts. You want to try it again? Uh, yeah, I'll try it again. <clears throat> Might try Bing Bong if it's the... It wasn't a doorbell. It was trying, it was trying to do a phone, like... Uh, like, because it's a Canuck phone book, like, ring, ring. Oh, oh it's the phone book. Like, 1980 oh, is no, calling. No, no, it's more like a big like, bong. Big yeah, bong. well, it just appeared in our driveway in the morning. Recently? Uh, Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah, two days, two days ago. Yeah, so reenact it. Uh, that's the garage door going up. Reverse. Oh, what did I just run over? A small dog? No, a huge chunk of paper in my driveway. Why? Why did you do this to me? Who put this there? I don't go around throwing litter in other people's driveways. Knock it off. Stop with the phone books. Phone books are done, everybody. Yes, they are done. They've been done for a long time. Let's wrap it up on phone books. That's all. Did you know that there's a still still a Christian Yellow Pages, a little thin phone book called the Christian Yellow Pages, where if you own a Christian business, you can get yourself into the Christian Yellow Pages. Oh. So and then, if you wanted to only buy stuff or patronize businesses with a Christian worldview, you could just go to the Christian phone book. But you have to find the Christian phone book. Where, where's <laughs> the Christian phone book? They might have and a then, website, but it might oh, be pretty bad. I would like to see some certification, too, on these people, because I could just put something in there if I wanted more. <laughs> you should go to the phone company, Aaron. Have you been baptized? Bing, bong, bing bong their front door <laughs> and just take a ton of paper and just throw it inside. Just walk into the lobby. Here, I got this for I'll just you. bring my household trash can and just like dump, dump it upside down in the doorstep. Yeah, uh, that was solve your beef. Oh, I need beef. to buy more expensive things. Sam needs to get over it. You need to go and release this anger. <laughs> All right, Lauren. okay. Do you have one, Lauren? Oh, gosh, I wish I was angrier today. I, I feel like the thing that is on my mind now with allergy season is just um, kids who don't blow their nose. So that's my beef. Like kids who sniff. So basically all kids. And um, and then just like refuse to blow their nose when you're like, here, honey, here's a tissue, and and they're so like, no, I'm okay, mom. <laughs> Mm. I'm all right. Yeah. You're like, uh, for the for the love of Jesus, would you please blow your nose? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. Um, so either I turn my music up loud or I force them to so blow their nose. So these are your kids? Yeah. Uh, they might. They could be. They could be, <laughs> they could be, be talking about kids. either all kids or her specific kids. 
I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to name any names. That's My good. kid's at an age where he's not very good at blowing his nose, so it's a similar thing. Because like, if you are, have the sniffles, you kind of have to be on it all the time, and kids don't like to interrupt yeah. their day with that stuff. So he's in the morning, he's sniffle, sniffle, sniff, sniffle, and then I send him off to school. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, teachers who have to listen to this all day long. It is, <laughs> it is really... Horrific sniffing. Yeah. I blew my nose so hard the other day that I got dizzy. Oh. Wow. Like, uh, is that a the pressure? No, I'm just, this is just sharing a story. The pressure build up or something messed up my ears. And I thought, oh no, is this my new state of being? <laughs> All right, we have a special guest today. Her name is Lauren Hunter. You heard she her doesn't earlier. Like sniffling kids. No, she doesn't. You heard her earlier, but <laughs> love kids, just <laughs> sniffling kids. So, Lauren, for our listeners, just introduce yourself a little bit. Let's see. I'm a wife and a mom, first and foremost, and a daughter of Christ. That's what I say on my uh, my blog. Um, I've been married almost 18 years, and I have four kids that are great. And I started a business a bunch of years ago and started working with church technology companies kind of in the realm of public relations and marketing. And out of that, out of freelance writing for some of my clients in a lot of different magazines and uh, Christian publications out there, I saw that there was a space for more of a conversation on church technology. And so I started churchtechtoday.com um, 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, can't believe it's been that long, but it's as old as uh, Bradley and he's almost 10. So this summer... That's how old the site will be. Uh, so it's been really, it's been really fun. I get to write about and work with kind of virtually uh, lots of industry people who do things like podcasting, like we're doing, and live streaming, and database management for churches, and all kinds of things like that. But it's kind of like curating, right? Because you, because I was on it yesterday, yeah. and I've been on it before. Yeah, and just trying to look at all your tabs, like you're kind of curating. Like here's resources, here's. You know, here's this article, here's this. So every everything is original to Church Tech Today. So like the industry term curating kind of means you're going out there and pulling content from other people's websites. So there is a little bit of a differentiation there. Um, like I work with guest writers who are experts in their own fields, and then we talk about article ideas, and then they go off and write their article and submit it to me, and then I'm the editor of the site. Mm. So it's it's cool in that way that I'm not just like plucking other people's stuff, but everything's original for my audience. Um, so it's pretty fun. I really enjoy working with lots of, you know, like you guys, brilliant men and women out there. Oh, I like that. We are enjoyable. <laughs> brilliant. Fabulous. Would you like Way to- <laughs> more ideas than me, you know? <laughs> Would you like to describe us some more? Brilliant. <laughs> this is why we call Sandy Arming. Not super pretentious. <laughs> Muscular. <laughs> so, Lauren, maybe a good place to start is to talk a little bit about what, what are we talking about when we talk about technology? I mean, we throw the word around a lot, what does it mean? What are we talking about? I actually went to the dictionary, which I'll, I'll lie, I didn't actually go to the dictionary. I pulled out my phone and I have like <laughs> Webster's, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary came app. to you. Webster's defines technology as the use of science in industry, engineering, etc., to invent useful things or to solve problems. So, I mean, that includes a lot, right? Because after like Industrial Revolution, you know, virtually everything that we get in a store, I mean, even food products, even like agricultural industry, um, like everything is technology touch, basically. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when, for me, when I think about technology, I tend to, th- I think a lot of people think this way. We t- think in terms of electronics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We equate it to kind of digital electronics. 
But technology is really about anytime you're developing something, creating something. I mean, it goes all the way back to even the book, like, you know, Webster's Dictionary, the printing press. I mean, we don't think about that as technology now. Or even, so if you, we could go way back and think, well, the wheel is technology, or we could go back 50, 60 years and think, okay, when was, what was church like before there was any sound amplification, for example? Yeah. So you have like a speaker maybe could barely be heard. Uh, their music could, well, pipe organs could crank it out, but you couldn't hear like maybe a choir yeah. as well. Yeah, I was a part of a church one time where, you know, the preacher was just about ready to give his sermon and then the, the sound system went out. And they couldn't fix it, huh? So and you just know, done, you're just done. Well, right? no, no. So that so then what Stage happened choice. was so you know there was some scrambling around and people were turning knobs and all that stuff and basically they just threw up their hands like sorry no no sound <laughs> your mic's not going to work today yeah and it was the kind of church where you know they didn't have a band so it was kind of a piano so the music was fine but the so at first you know the preacher's like well okay here we go so he started preaching it was kind of hard to hear him. Because we're so used to having the sound amplified. Right. But then after a while, people kind of quieted down. So there's kind of a stillness over the, over the group, the people. And then your ear kind of adjusted, and you could hear him pretty good. That's amazing. And what ended up happening was it was a lot more intimate. Like just the human voice mm -hmm. out there, not amplified through electronics. And it was kind of a different experience. I think we all kind of had a more intimate gathering because he wasn't being amplified. It hasn't happened yet in my 15-ish years here. But um, I some, sometimes I hope that like during a storm, the power just cuts out in the middle of a service. Because then we would have no lights. We'd have no, it'd be a similar situation. There'd be no sound amplification. Now suddenly... You're just going to rely on acoustic guitars and pianos for music. Um, and you're going to have to, you're right, everyone's going to have to quiet down and lean in and maybe engage a little bit more differently than they would. So, again, that's technology, but that's not, you know, that's not iPads or, or whatever. That's, that's just microphones, right? Yeah. So, that's, tech, that's technology, quote unquote, that's been around for a long time. But we still rely on it every Sunday. But it, it also kind of, the, the bad side, I think, of technology is it kind of becomes a crutch a little bit. So, you know, can you worship God without a sound system? <laughs> can you worship God without slides on the wall? I don't um, think so. <laughs> it's never been done before. <laughs> We've only been worshiping God since 1980. <laughs> My mom recently sent me a, an article on, it was like the 10 reasons why, you know, we need to go back to hymnals. Mm. Um, and it, it actually had some pretty good, some pretty good points. Um, and it, Can we talk about a couple of those? Because sure. I know we're this, we're kind of getting more into worship again, but and I want to talk more generally. But I do think this is a good maybe example of of something that's been done a certain way for a really long time. And so, what what's changed when people and not all churches do this, but when people have lifted their eyes out of a hymnal and onto a screen, what are the what are a couple of pros and cons about that? Do you think? Well, some of the cons that were listed in the article related to people's musicality or their ability to follow music okay. and how like having physical sheet music in front of you. And the notes. And, um, you know, the words, mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Like uh, our previous church for, for a long time, they would publish the words of the songs in the worship folder or bulletin, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was mm -hmm. really great because, you know, my kids would be in tow and lots of times the words are up there and people are taller than a nine-year-old, you know, so my daughter would rely on that and, and sing the hymns from the bulletin, 
which I thought was kind of cool. And then they stopped doing that. She's like, Mom, I can't see the words. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is there is something. I mean, m- most churches don't even have Bibles in the pews. Mm-hmm. So that's also something. Then a lot of people carry their Bible, but a lot of people don't. And now we have like version or Bible apps on our mobile phones. So like I've got it with me all the time, which right. is great. But there is a difference in the physicalness of turning a book. I actually bought um, an old hymnal for a dollar at Goodwill uh, back at Christmas when everything was half off. Like they have these half off sales, and so I go through the book racks. Bought an old, it's like an old Baptist hymnal, but uh, I wanted to have the old hymnal up in my kids' room where I read them stories at night because I like to sing them songs. And I, you know, you do it a lot when they're babies and then they grow up and you're like, oh, I miss that. Um, So they can all read and everything. So I'll open it up to like hymns or God will put like a different hymn in my heart and it'll come to me and I'm upstairs like laundry and kids and all that stuff. And I'll go pull out this old, super old, like 1960s Baptist hymnal and all the words are the same to all the major hymns. So it's like really refreshing to me. I'm run a technology blog, but I do not love technology. (laughs) That just goes to highlight a little bit. Like we often have mixed feelings towards technology. And what I think those feelings come from is I think we're somehow aware that technology shapes us and it doesn't always shape us in a good way. And what I mean by that is I read a book one time and it talked about how technology is not neutral. So technology is always shaping us Sometimes it's misshaping us in in ways that are really unhealthy, but in, in ways that are kind of that doesn't help us to become more human, in some sense, a flourishing human being. So, for example, the example in this book was the invention of central heating in houses. So, back in the day, if your house was cold, you most likely had some sort of wood burning stove. Well, here comes technology. Oh, we have a better idea. We have a new invention. It's called central heating. There's a thermostat in your house. <clears throat> you turn it to you can a heat certain- the whole house instead of just like one. Well, then you area. can heat all the bedrooms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have vents going into different bedrooms. You turn the thermostat. You want to set it at a certain temperature. And what he talked about in this book was there's certain technologies that actually draw us kind of deeper into the fabric of life, really. So, for instance, you know, going out into the woods, you have to chop down a tree. <laughs> you have to chop the wood. I mean, there's so much involved. You have to bring it back to your house. You have to put it in the furnace. You have to light it on fire. And what it does is because there's only one heat source in the house, it kind of draws the family together. And you kind of huddle around the central heat source, the furnace, the wood-burning stove. Hmm. Well, then here comes central heating. And all of a sudden now, you don't know where it's, it's powered by electricity. You are unconnected from that source. You don't know where it's coming from. Everyone can be in their own separate rooms. So everyone mm. is still warm. Everyone disperses. But the technology has affected us in ways that doesn't really draw us together, doesn't draw us deeper into the fabric of life, into the rhythms of life. So the article, the book was basically saying there are some technologies that really help us to become more human. And there are other technologies that draw us away from that. So it's not that they're good or bad. It's like we need to take a more discerning look at the technology. For instance, hymn books, as opposed to projecting words. I wouldn't say either one of them is good or bad, but we need to think about how, how is this technology shaping us? Is it helping us to become more human? Is it helping our community 
or is it kind of distracting? Is it right. taking us away? And what's, what's hospitable to people? Yeah. I, th- I think that's a helpful distinction, Sam, because there, I think there's a tendency, and it becomes really easy to be naturally critical of technology, I think, for certain groups of Christians. Uh, as, and I don't know if this is a combination of sort of a nostalgia for when things felt less complicated, or if it's just it's easy to sort of quickly pinpoint, you know, negatives. But I think bringing this sort of, okay, we need to ask what's good and what's bad is really the right posture. Because as we talked about defining technology, it's this whole spectrum of things. So you could talk about, you know, people having their own Bibles, right, the printing press as a form of technology, but there were cons with that, right? Suddenly, uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to go to church to hear scripture read, and so you didn't have sort of someone who could help you understand it as you were reading it. So, as long, I think it's really important to hold that. We want to ask what's good and what's bad, kind of about all the things we engage with, rather than just saying, how is this negatively yeah. impacting, me, impacting me, which can kind yeah. of be our instinct sometimes. Well, another way to phrase it is, in using this technology, what are we gaining and what, are we, what have we lost? Because with every use of technology, you've gained something, but you've also lost something. Mm-hmm. And we don't often think about that. We're so quick to adopt new technologies. Like it wasn't, you know, for me, like getting a cell phone, it felt like a necessity. <laughs> and there were pieces of me that felt like, oh, I'm not sure I really want to do this. But I forget where I was going with that. No, that's so good. I have an anecdote to share. Um, a few weeks, well, weeks turned into months. It's probably been a few months. I took in an extra cable box from our TV upstairs. There's a TV downstairs in the family room, a TV upstairs in a, our bonus room for the kids, their playroom. And we had a cable box up there that was, you know, you could access cable TV or whatever. And nobody ever used it because there's an Xbox up there. So the kids prefer that and Netflix or whatever. So I thought, okay, I'll take it back in. The same point, our router had gone bad. So I needed to swap out all this equipment at the uh, Consolidated Communications I'm naming names. So I took it in, and they accidentally canceled all of our services. They canceled our home phone, they canceled our internet, and they canceled the cable TV. (laughs) And the lady who made the mistake, like, she didn't even say anything while we were there in the office. It was like the next day, everything's not working. Yeah, nothing's working. Nothing's working. I had, it was like a, it was like a riot. Or like a revolt or something, um, <laughs> with like angry people outside the gates of the castle. <laughs> we want our internet, and I thought, oh my goodness! Did you all come together and light a wood st- fire in the wood stove? <laughs> Everyone, got a little quieter. Everyone got a little quieter. Uh, <laughs> Sounds I'm like they kidding. got louder. I had like some pretty angry yeah. teenagers in the house, but it was really interesting because I, on one hand, felt irritated because I had to be on hold with the phone company to try to get them to come back out and fix it. But on the other side, I had like a whole day at home while the kids were at school where the internet was not working. Mm -hmm. I felt like freedom. Like I did all kinds of stuff. I went through like songs I hadn't finished writing. I was working on a poetry book. I was pulling out journals and like all of this. And I felt like time stopped. Like Mm -hmm. I had this like gift of a whole day without the interruptions of like the phone ringing or, you know, being on my computer and like constantly keeping up. I just sort of like gave it all up for the day. And uh, it was really fabulous, actually. You guys, I feel like we could talk all day about why we don't 
like technology. Don't you think? Like, I, I, I feel like we could really, we could really have a super long convers- and passionate conversation about it. So, I want to turn it around because we're talking on mics and we're making this right. podcast <laughs> and we're putting oh, yeah. it out onto the, like, making it available for anyone to hear anywhere in the world, like, tomorrow, potentially, or whenever it's edited and out. Yeah. And, and that's like kind of miraculous and kind of awesome that we can that people can hear I mean it's awesome that people get to hear our conversations <laughs> keep going on that but, but assuming that we're saying something of value even if it's for a minute like that's I think in a, in a way where I hope we're able to contribute something to a huge conversation and make uh, make if not the world better make make the church better or make the church more thoughtful um, so, so the idea is we're, we are doing something good, ideally, with technology. I think that's one of the reasons we started doing this. I think so, too. And one of the things I've found most helpful in terms of like ways to engage technology is to learn, and maybe this is true of Christians. Christians should always be thinking about this. How do we say both yes and no to technology at the same time? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like I had a professor who, he had email. Uh, obviously, he had it. He needed it. But he also put some parameters around it. So he said yes to email, but he said, no, I'm not going to answer it. I'm not going to check it every hour of the day. In fact, I'm going to create a block of time in the morning where I'll check my email. And then he even had something in his syllabus like, you know, I answer emails from this time to this time every day. So if you send me an email after that time, you probably won't get a response until the next day. So he was both saying yes and no to technology and it's like it's okay to say yes to cell phones but it's okay to say no too in, mm-hmm. in other words to be in control of the technology be rather than letting it control yeah have you. it be a tool right. instead of a like a, a lifestyle so where i was going with the the hiatus for just a couple of days from technology is i feel like the awareness both the good and the bad you realize how much you have to gain from the technology tools that you use, but you also realize how much you lose when you're a slave to it. Um, And so from that experience, um, as we got closer to Lent this year, I was praying about how to incorporate some kind of technology fast into our family's life. And so what what we decided on was like to fast from technology on Mondays. So like from sunup till Sunday and the kids don't play on the Xbox. So there was some complaining initially, but we're into like the third Monday, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's like the kids reminded themselves about it. I didn't even have to remind them. They didn't complain about it. Mm -hmm. And everybody went upstairs and like, you know, girls played Barbies together. Like they figured out something else to do. And Mm -hmm. so I think, I think part of it, you know, it's like going to sporting events or you go to a play or you go to a, you know, go to church and what you have five minutes to kill. You got that early. Everyone's on their mobile devices instead Mm. of turning to the person to the left or the right and actually engaging with people. Um, And I see that a lot in children's like sporting events. You go to basketball games or baseball games and the parents are all like keeping to themselves, paying attention to their device instead of connecting. And so I think that there's some definite like pros and cons um, to how technology can be used, and it applies not only the, to church and people in the church and how we approach the service, but also your everyday life. Yeah, we tend to only say yes to it. Right. We never think about putting boundaries around it. Right. I mean, every once in a while, I think someone will be like, you know, I shouldn't maybe check my phone first thing when I wake up in the morning. 
Yeah. Did you, you know, know the statistics like ridiculously high? It's like 60 or 70% of people like check their phone within five minutes of waking up. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you should think, you should make decisions about that. Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to use this technology in my life? What role is it going to play? And how do I, how do I figure out good ways to say no to it too? I think that's really key, right? Because technology, we talk about technology as a tool, right? Which is one way to think about it. But really it's like a, it's an, it's got intention behind it. So technology doesn't, it doesn't actually come to us neutrally. Like it comes to us from people or a company that have desires for its use. And so, um, you know, and that, that use could be positive. It could be negative, but if we just sort of receive it and think, okay, well now I get to decide, you know, what I'm going to do with it. And we're not sort of take the next level of what am I gaining? What am I losing? What boundaries? We're going to start using it like they want us to use it Mm. or like uh, it was designed to be used, which often can lead us in unhealthy directions. It's usually consumption of some kind. Right, often. Yeah. Uh, Because those are cultural values, right? So a lot of our cultural products are then imbued with that. But at the end of the day, the reason why people come is they they hear the gospel, they feel encouraged, and people know who they are. And if people don't aren't remembered or aren't introduced or they'll they're invisible, that is a nail in the coffin of people coming back to your church. I could speak from experience. We visited like, you know, six churches before yeah. we started coming here after fifteen years at our other church. I feel like that's an example that, you know, churches have to figure out how are they going to use technology? Like, because streaming your service isn't necessarily bad, but there's drawbacks to it. And churches have to weigh that and try to figure out, you know, what's their vision? What's their purpose? What are they called to do? Mm -hmm. You know, who are they called to be? And then is that technology going to help them do that as a biblically-based community? Or is it not? I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, I think there's some drawbacks to streaming your service live, yeah. But there's some huge benefits to it too, and I think that's the difficulty that we face: is how do we weigh this? How do we make decisions about this? What's the good? What's the bad? Hmm. It's not a clear answer. You can't label it as all good or all bad, and that's where wisdom comes in: is that we are called to cultivate wisdom and to discern together as a community. Yeah, and sometimes we there's unforeseen consequences of adopting certain technologies that we don't know on the front end. And then later we reflect back and think that maybe wasn't the best choice. Well, I think, I think a wise church maybe has a, a little bit of a waiting period with technology. I don't think, I don't think early, I don't think early adoption is the place is the world that churches should live in necessarily. They, they don't. I mean, because there are things that come and go and you probably will reach somebody. If you're the first church to have a Twitter account, maybe you're going to reach like more people than you normally would. But if you, if you can, if you can hang back and see and think, and observe how it's working in other places, maybe, uh, and and maybe you can find an angle where it really works as a church, as a tool for churches. But I think that it's, I think that that waiting, that discerning, that yeah. thinking, what's, how's this going to work, is is important. Well, even with this podcast, I mean, there are way like, 
we just like this is a technology and yeah people can listen to it individually does it bring people together not in the same way that gathering physically would but we kind of weighed hey we want to have these conversations together we'd also like to invite other people into these conversations so how do we do that do we do we create an event a program do we invite people back do we ask them to come to church to have this conversation and we kind of weighed that and thought you know people are really busy they already belong to other small groups. They come to worship on Sunday. Let's not do that. <laughs> Instead, let's do yeah. a podcast. And so we thought that was a helpful, but, but we did discern that. All right, we're going to do a little segment called My List. And today we have Aaron. I've got a list for you guys. <clears throat> this is your what? This is my list of top five lists oh oh a meta list yep. <laughs> you ready for this yeah yeah number five this is your worst of your favorite this is a great list but it's number five okay okay it's the do not call list <laughs> yes <laughs> i love that list okay okay so it's a great concept I feel like its power has faded over the years. I'm starting bit. to feel like I'm getting more calls. Because you got to re-up it, I think. Well, I went to the whatever.gov website just this morning, and my uh, number was not on there. I thought I had done this like years ago. But it was not in the registry, so I put it on the registry, mine and my wife's phone number, so maybe that'll die down yep. a little bit. But you can, I guess, still get charity calls and political like phone oh, yeah. calls. So huh. if okay. you dial, if you get those automatic ones where it's like a fake operator, you can yeah. actually wait a minute and press two. Two is the magic number. If you dial two, a lot of those you can opt out. Oh, oh. cool. I didn't know that. Really practical tip. My phone does have a like block this caller thing, which I always do. Oh. I, I've got tons of people on that list. That's another list. <laughs> Don't do it to <laughs> me. Sam, Sam's on that list. Don't get on that list. <laughs> uh, list number four, Craig's. Craigslist. Oh, Craigslist. Craigslist, which I've never used. Never. I sold my I sold my car on Craigslist. Yeah, Whoa. Two thousand four, ping pong table for fifty dollars. Two thousand six, the Nintendo Wii comes out. I needed to have a Nintendo Wii. They weren't in stores anywhere. <laughs> did I did I find one on an overpriced one on Craigslist from some shady dude in Stockton? Did I drive down there and overpay for it? <laughs> yes, you. In did. a parking lot? Yes, I did. So it was overpriced. <laughs> Two thousand. Did he pull it out from his trench? I'm not accepting questions regarding that. <laughs> regarding that decision. 2012, my daughter was born, sold my motorcycle, didn't need my motorcycle anymore. Oh. Craigslist. Ooh. Like two days after I posted it and got wow. the cash that I wanted. Perfect. So I actually went to Craigslist, check it out. I think there's a weird, uh, sketchy personal section. It's become kind of a weird place, but I still like it. Craigslist, number four. Number three, guest. The guest list. The guest list. So back in my rock and roll band who's in, days. Who's out? Oh, this well, is that there. I think there are a few kinds of lists, but this. I was gonna say, like, are these people who are coming to your house? You'd look through the people. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're not, not on the guest list. list. You're Every not time on the I guest list. Somebody over, I make a list of names. <laughs> the phone book man is not on the guest list. <laughs> I go to the door with a clipboard. Yeah. Don't you mean set list? No. no. Uh, so my thought on guest list was when back when I used to uh, play in a rock band, basically, and we'd gig around a lot. And if you if there was a cover charge at the door, you could 
the the band members could have a list of a few people who oh, could get in without that's paying. That's pretty cool. That, that was really fun yeah. to make a guest list. Like you felt like, yeah, no, you know, you're with the band. You can. I'd come probably in. be on that list. I think you might be. Yes. Yeah. Matt, I don't know about you're you. You're not super pretentious. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I know I'd be on the guest list. <laughs> the ironic thing about the guest list is that's normally who you want, like family members and friends and stuff. Like you want, like they're the ones who are going to come see you, so they should probably fork over the five or the ten bucks to come in. That's right. Oh, but right. they got in for free. So you're you're trying to pick like your worst friend who may or may not come. But it would still be good if they were there. Yeah. And I don't That's want to. Uh, I, I didn't think that hard <laughs> yeah. about it. Or the person who's like, I don't really value you or your money, but I want you to come to the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, that person. So you're on the guest <laughs> list. But everyone, like your good friends can pay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, so you can show their saying? commitment to uh, So me. I'm on the guest list. So this is what you're saying to me. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want my money. Yeah. You're, no. You're kind of like not. Really your money's no good here. Level. I'm on the guest list, but I'm really not important. Yeah. I'm happy to pay Aaron. That's fine. <laughs> list number two. Or, yes. List number two on my list. Schindler's. Ooh. That's a little dark. The list is life. Not much else to say about that. Okay. Number one. My favorite list is Wish. Oh. oh I don't know why you're saying this. Nice. Yeah. Fitting. Fitting. Amazon's wish list is great because... Not only is it a good way to like think about things that you want and like put them all in one place because everything's on Amazon, but I find that it's a great place to put like stuff that you really need in the moment, but then it just kind of sits there for a while and it's a good like cool off period. It's a good purgatory. It's a good purgatory, exactly. So then like a month later, you're like, oh, that was silly that this is I'm like, I've got stuff in there that's been in there for five, six years. You just have never quite ordered it. Just never quite ordered it. Just Does never. Does your wife know about this list? Does she go there to find you things? Well, I do have like a birthday one that she can, but I have like more general, like eh, maybe someday kind of list. I have many lists. I have like uh, a book list, a clothing list, oh, yeah. a list for each kid. Just like what a general list for each child? Uh, like Christmas when you're Christmas oh, shopping oh, like or birthday shopping or there's something specific that you can't find in the store. So I'll put it in there. But it is totally purgatory. I mean, you just leave stuff there. Books, especially, you know, people yeah. recommend books. Or you listen to, I don't know, listen to podcasts where books are recommended. And box of tissues. Every kid has yeah. a box of tissues in their list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, that's, that's my great. list. That's a great list. Good job. Yeah, nice thank list. you. What would number six be that didn't quite make the list? To do. Oh. oh, I'm surprised the worship leader doesn't have set list on there somewhere. Well, he kind of had seven. guest list, set guest list. Too. Guest list is not the same thing as guest a set list. Guest list is of people. But set list kind of around is music. songs. It was kind of around the gig. <laughs> what about you the know, playlist? The show. What about the playlist? Completely different list. I know, but it's playlist. playlist. That would be playlist. good. Oh, Aaron. Don't fix my list. My <laughs> list is great. Leave my list playlist. alone. Curious Church Podcast, here to fix all of your problems, <laughs> including ones you didn't know you had. <laughs> Well, let's do a few um, plugs. Let's let's talk about how to find us, where to find us. Let's 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 shamelessly plug. Uh, Haveaseatmusic.com is where I have uh, my songs. Be great if you went there to listen. Check it to out. Them. Push play. Push play. I have a few things I'd like to plug. I have a couple of poetry books that you can find on Amazon.com. Just Woo-hoo, type in my name, poetry. Sam Gutierrez, G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z. 
Look for me. I have a couple books. Put it on your wish list. Put it on your list. Lauren. You can find me at laurenhunter.net, where I write about all kinds of stuff, growth, motherhood, Lent, uh, spiritual practice, things like that, poetry, write poetry too. And you can find me on churchtechtoday.com if you are interested in anything related to technology and social media and software and all good things related to the discussion that we've had today. Awesome. And then Matt, tell our listeners how to really help us out. Well, Sam. With stars. Yeah. Lots of stars. And reviews. <laughs> reviews. Hey, listen, friends. Okay, you've listened all the way to this, this part of the podcast. So this is family now. It would do us so much good if you would go to iTunes, leave a little very, very positive review. So it, it can be very short. Two words. Awesome podcast. Five stars. If you want to leave a not-so-good review, we're not going to stop you, but we will discourage you <laughs> from doing that. Uh, but really, reviews on iTunes help other people find the show. So if you're enjoying it, hey, that's a great place to share it. Even better would be to just share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. Pass it along to a friend. Uh, you can point them towards our website, grantsprings.org slash curiouschurch, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash curiouschurch. And uh, you can always email us. And the wonders of technology is we can keep this conversation going. So Facebook or email curiouschurch at grantsprings.org. Let's keep talking yeah, about Yeah, we can technology. really drag this out. We can as long as you want. We can, oh, man. We can make it painful. And I'm hoping to see pictures of your washer and dryer control settings. I will make on sure the there's a Facebook up page. there to demonstrate okay. I have no power over the beeps. <laughs> hey, let's do uh, let's say hi to someone. Uh, I'd like to say hi to my dad. His name's Sam. He's listening. Hey dad. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hi Sam. You're saying hi to my dad too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's listening. Is he a, he's a real junior? He's the junior, yeah. Because he second. shares the middle name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So cool. Oh, I, I guess I could say hi to mom, mom too. Mom and dad, hi. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being curious with us. We'll see you next time.